Hi, hi, hi. Hello, hello. Before we forget. As we always do. <laughs> this is Nope, I'm Scared. We are a spooky podcast. Um, we talk about all kinds of spooky shit. Hence Murders. The name, you know. uh, paranormal. True crime. Any type of shit yeah. you want us to. Yeah. I'm Alexa. I'm Ella. And today we have special guest... Ashley. And maybe her. Josh, because he's back there somewhere. With whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's doing his own thing. But um, if you remember, we said we were going to be in a cabin again. Again. And this is where we are now. It's not really in the middle of the woods, though, no, like last time. It is, it is nice this time. <laughs> it's nice. And we have all amenities. But we are by are a good. lake. So. Yeah, but far enough that I'm okay with it. <laughs> exactly. We can see it, but we're not in, like monster territory yeah yeah there's a really cute house that built it's a small world up the way like it's a portal to hell it's no it's it is a portal to hell it just has a red light on it (laughs) it's white it's fine yeah you're making the people think things that it is not that's what i think it is okay i am people well that is because you is hate it's small world i do hate it's small world (laughs) anyways this is part two of the Ted Bundy series. And it is oh, official insane. that it is going to be three parts. I was a oh little... Oh my god, it took her so long. I thought I could maybe squeeze the trial Absolutely into this not. one. And then I hit a jackpot in a, in a website that documented the victim's better because so often you can't find anything on the victims but then i like hit this and it went and now i have so much information so this is probably gonna be a long episode it's also not gonna be a fun episode yeah warning like like if you're not aware of ted bundy and all how bad he is just know it's gonna be a real bad it's real bad like we're not even exaggerating it's real bad like, and there was stuff that I hadn't necessarily known about, because, like, I'm, Which hit- is surprising, I'm cause... hitting all of the big people. I mean, he confessed to over 30 murders, and there's believed we, yeah, to be many more. There absolutely is more. But there's still only really information on, like, 25 or 26 of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I have one of them in there where there's no information on her. Yeah. At all. So, it's going to be a whole freaking thing. It's going to be a thing. Also, yeah. happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's that time. This is your Thanksgiving episode. Be thankful. Be thankful. Grateful for the things you for have. For the horrible awfulness I will pour into your ears for probably an hour Before or more. another lockdown happens. Before another lockdown happens. Oh, yeah. If you're not from California, it looks like we're going to be heading back into a lockdown. I don't know. Next where y'all are, so. but yeah. yeah, having fun, right? So right, exciting. just a great time. <sighs> so much fun. It's okay. 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 Are we sure we're ready for this? Never we- am. <laughs> Not no. sure what I signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> I told you you could have gone to take a shower. <laughs> well, and I chose the horrors of Ted Bundy instead. And also, then I we can shower yeah. off the horror after. True. And right we also, Ted yeah, we did just watch uh, Shockingly Evil, Evil, Horribly Vile, or something whatever like it is. that. Yeah. The uh, one with Zach Efron and uh, yeah. Lily Collins. Yeah, so it's been a Ted Bundy day. 
I took. I was trying to take down questions I had during the movie, and I only got through two of them before I forgot that I was yeah, taking notes. Yeah, how about you just let's start with you t- asking me these questions <laughs> and seeing if I can actually answer the them. The two that I have. How old was Liz when they met? Because they met in like a college bar, mm, and I, I think he was a college me. student, but I don't remember if she was when they met. Mm, so they met in 1969. They didn't move in together until a little bit later, though. I don't think it knows because there's, like, she doesn't have a bunch of information. She uh, wanted to remain fairly anonymous. Well, Liz Kendall is an alias. Like, yeah, she yeah, has yeah. many. Um, so I don't think... I, I'm guessing she had to be around probably 20 or so. Okay. So she may be in a her, better in college her 20s. student. I don't know that she went to school because she had her daughter young. True. Maybe it was her friend that was in college and was like, why are we at a college bar? No, Liz said that. Why why did you take me to a college bar? But it could be because her friend was in school. Maybe. I don't know. Joanna. Unanswered. And how the fuck did he time manage all of this? Because he was in school. He was dating Liz. He was doing that politician shit or whatever. And he was trying to woo Stephanie again. He was up to a lot of things, so I honestly don't have a ton of that. I feel like even one of these things would take a shit ton of time. How do you do four of them all at once? Honestly. Yeah, I wonder. I honestly do wonder how much he slept. Because, like, look at how yeah, he was. like, he had no sleep. Like, look at how he was in jail. I can't imagine that he was sleeping much in there with all of his escapee shit. Oh, so. yeah, probably not. Anyways... Going in? That man was a fucking workaholic. Yes, going in. Those are the only okay. two I thought to write down. So, this one's going to be primarily all about victims. And I, it's going to take some time and it's not going to be fun. Okay? As our formatting normally is. Yeah. Um, so, when exactly Bundy started killing has never been able to get nailed down. Um, people think he killed earlier, like I said last time, with that 14, girl. yeah. Um, he himself told his mom later that he had tried to kill people in New Jersey with, by kidnapping them, but he didn't succeed at that. That's... And then he later told his psychologist, Art Norman, that he killed two women in Atlantic City in 1969 when so he, he went to... So he started the... confessing to shit, we just don't know what's true or not. Yeah. Cool. Um, but anyway, so he... Killed two, supposedly killed two women in Atlantic City in 1969 when he went back to Philadelphia to visit his family. But I don't think any of that's been proven because no one came and didn't come. Nothing's come. Yeah. The earliest thing I have is January 4th, 1974. Which was after he was already with Liz and everything. After he was already with Liz, but like right after he broke up with, with Stephanie. Stephanie. Okay, mm. so they thought that was the catalyst for everything? That's or? why people blamed it, but I'm like, I don't think that's It's insane. not on her, like... So, yeah. Here, okay, so I actually didn't okay. know about Karen, which is really surprising to me, but doing the research into her makes me believe he actually did kill that eight-year-old girl. Like, I'll oh. just tell you, and they sound very similar. Okay. Okay. So January 4th... Karen is the eight-year-old. Karen is not. Oh, shit. Okay. The eight-year-old was Anne-Marie Burr. This one that I'm reading now, Karen, makes me believe that he actually did that one when he was 14. Okay, because 
he broke into her window or something, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, just took her out of the house, and she was like, oh, well, he, he was a friend from the neighborhood, and not suspicious or something like that. Yeah. Oh, right. also I have things. here that Ted would tease um, Robert D. Keppel. Was that the one that talked to Liz all the time? Maybe. He was a detective that was, like, always around, but he would tease, he teased him that he killed somebody in 1972 and then again in 1973, um, but they never could find anything. And both Detective Keppel and Anne Rule, who wrote the book Stranger Beside Me, mm-hmm. believe that he started killing when he was a teenager. Would not be surprised. by the time we reach this first documented murder... Ted is 27. Well, he seems like he has it down to a T. That's the next part. By his own admission, he had mastered the skills to leave minimal forensic evidence at each crime scene. Exactly. It's like, he knows what he's fucking doing. Crazy. And it doesn't ever work out that someone just one day wakes up and starts killing people. Yeah. Like, there had to have been a bunch of, like, other sexual assaults that didn't get put out there's a, other attempted a murders other murders yeah. whatever so i totally believe that he we, was killing when that, he was younger. that he was younger yeah for sure okay so now we're getting into karen okay so karen died by bundy and oh actually she didn't die first can that's my thing oh my bad she did not die so she was the one that made it out there's a couple I thought there was only one. There... Okay, clearly I don't know what I'm talking about, so I'm just going to listen to you. <laughs> okay, so Bundy entered the basement apartment of 18-year-old Karen Sparks just after midnight. Scary. Okay. okay. This is why people need to lock their doors. Yeah, okay. Karen was a dancer at the and a student at UW. Um, she, um, so after Bundy bludgeoned Sparks senseless with a metal rod that he broke off from her bed frame... Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, it's about to get bad immediately. Uh, already a, fantastic already there. start. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> From zero to ten real quick. So he broke a piece off of her bed frame. Intense. Bed frames. And then <laughs> used that frames. broken piece to sexually assault her. What? What? <laughs> so they said it was either the same rod or a metal speculum. And I'm just like, it has to be the same it's thing. Like, where, the same where rod. there was just some other metal thing that he was going to grasp. Yeah. Um, and it caused extensive in- internal injuries. I'm sure. He then left her in a pool of her own blood until she was found 18 Solid. to 20 hours later. Shit. Shit. Who found her? Her roommates. Oh my god. Uh, She remained unconscious for 10 days, and when she woke, she couldn't remember anything that happened for a while. She's still alive. Um, She survived with. How the fuck? Like. With permanent physical and mental disabilities. Uh, She lost 50% of her hearing and 40% of her vision, and has constant ringing in her ears. Oh, that would. She also suffered from epileptic fits, but has overcome overcome those. Okay. No. And that's all from him assaulting her with and the like rod. beating her up. Oh my god. Off to a fantastic start. Solid. Like that's what I'm saying. Like one, he's great at this. Two, he's horribly violent. 
Yeah. Like that. Like the, everything always it says seems like he that doesn't these to get people the job done. like ramp up. You know, and also these things were happening like once a month at the beginning. Like that's super fast. That's for, really frequent for a new serial killer. Yeah, definitely has been doing this before. I guess he's just too young for people to be considering him. I don't even know. I don't yeah, know. well, and it was the seventies or in, or in sixties if yeah. he was a teenager. So. Well, and he would have been at like the height of his good looks then, for however charming he was. Mm-hmm. True. True. So probably could have gotten away with anything. Sorry. Take a pause. Take John. a pause, John. <laughs> okay, so now we're at the infamous Linda Ann Healy, who is his first known murder victim. Okay. So um, I actually found information on her. This was from okay. all my stuff where I went back and I found things and I was like, yes. Yeah. Proud of you. Okay, so Linda's upbringing was simple. She grew up in Seattle with loving parents. As a young woman, she was known for both her brains. Also, the stuff I'm taking comes from like um, history101.com. The one I had before was like Murderpedia. Um, and like also like wiki lots of things honestly there was i think a time when i had like five different websites up i've been there (laughs) for sure um so yeah she was known for her brains and her beauty before crossing paths with bundy healy was on a positive and productive path she left for college um at uw in 1970 and no one doubted she would succeed she was a stellar singer and applied herself to her studies with fervor she was also a psych major, and it was her mission to work with adolescents with mental disabilities and disorders. Damn, this girl's a superstar. And then um, what she was most known for was working the radio station at the school, and she gave out the weather report for skiing people. That's a big thing, because did Didn't that's... he say he skied? Yes, but I don't think that had anything okay. to do with it. But when she went missing people knew immediately because she was the one that was always on the radio telling them how the ski report was. So everyone knew this girl. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, what happened to her? So yeah, of course this would not have been his first kill to go for someone like big like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1974, she was in her senior year and had moved into a greenhouse with a handful of her closest friends. That um, She <sighs> loved her job and she woke up happy to go to her job every day at the radio stadio goals radio, radio stadio <laughs> radio station i don't know what happened there um it's been me for a bit now yeah yeah i don't know so the night that she went missing she went to a bar called dante's with some friends mm-hmm. but she came home early to call her boyfriend and then she, at 11.30, she went to go hang out with her roommates, and they said that she was, like, totally normal and pretty happy. This, I... Mm, don't like it. Nope. And then uh, around midnight, she told her roommates that she was going to go to bed, um, and that's the last time anyone oh, saw her alive. Shit. So he just, like, went into a room and kidnapped her? I will get there. Okay, okay. Be patient, Ella. I'm not patient. We've learned that. <laughs> so in the early morning so probably a couple hours after she, everyone went to bed mm-hmm. bundy broke into the basement room he beat her unconscious dressed her in blue jeans a white blouse and boots and carried her out what <laughs> tell me that does not sound like what happened to that eight-year-old girl oh my 
what? Especially since, okay, well, I'll keep going. Um, at 530. Um, okay, okay, pause. Hang on. Okay. First off, she lived in the basement, which is a no-no. Well, I think that that's just, like, maybe they had, like, stacked houses like the cabin. You don't live in a basement. Anyways, second part of that, he changed her clothes? She would have been in pajamas. And he changed her and carried her out. Why? He beat her uncomfortable. Because I think it, it would have been easier to make it pass, like, if someone saw her. Him carrying her, it could have been oh, like yeah. she's, she's drunk. Oh yeah, she's covered in blood. They would have They would have just seen her, him carrying her. She would have been like, "Oh, she's drunk. She fell." Like he, he, no, you know no, how no, he no. is. He totally could have fooled anybody. Anyway, so okay. I don't like this. You're not gonna like a lot of this. I'm uh, sorry. We're only on case number one. Two. Two. Shit. Thirty. Her alarm went off, and uh, normally she would turn it off, and then she would go to work because that was her. Time that she got off her work. too early. Um, but, of course, today, <laughs> it kept ringing. So her, it woke her roommate up, and her roommate went down there. To, and, like, it was going off, and, like, she wasn't there. But also, she didn't see that anything looked weird in her room. Oh, like, the door was unlocked? Oh, that's not unusual for that time. So I guess it makes um, sense. Well, also, it wasn't, like, well, who locks their bedroom door? Yeah. Like, that's the kind of thing. Um, so they got worried, though, when her boss called to ask why Linda hadn't come in. Mm-hmm. Also, the, the night, that night, she was supposed to go to a family dinner, and she never showed up. And her family knew that was not like Linda, so they also called. This is when the roommates decided to go to her room to, like, investigate. Yeah. They, mm, Good I roommates. think the cops should have gone in first. Well, they don't know anything's wrong. They just know that she's not there. Good okay. That's fair. Valid. So they found that some of her bedding was missing and that there was blood on the sheets as well as on one of her nightgowns. Mm. They also found that the back door was unlocked. No, thanks. That's why I say it sounds exactly like that girl. All that was missing, all that, like, the... All the facts they had was an unlocked front door, an open window, and a missing child. Yeah. Like, it looks the fucking same. Yeah. Um, Except for I think it would be much easier to, like, subdue an eight-year-old child than it would be a Well, and eight, also, woman. children sleep deeply. He could have literally just picked her up and walked out. Oh, I'm sure that's exactly what happened. Um, so, at the time, Ted only lived three blocks away. What? Oh, Dude. my God. Um, the only thing they were ever able to find of Linda was her skull and mandible found on Taylor Mountain. I hate that. There was, there's at least four girls that got dumped. Ted, I don't know why, he did like mass dumps. Like he would take a bunch of girls and like, and put them all in the same area. Less suspicious, man. If you're chugging five million bodies with you than going, oh, I killed one here. Let's go. I killed another. Let's go. Just let's do a big dump at once. Yeah, and because if anyone finds that, I won't be suspicious. Because if you can link me to one murder, you totally can't link me to all the other ones in the same dump site. Because I'm smart. It's stupid. <laughs> like, I don't even understand. This whole situation is bizarre. Okay. And fucked up. And we're just going to keep going. Yeah. So now we're at March 12th, 1974, which is Donna Manson. I originally had, like, two lines on her. Like, mm-hmm how she went missing 
and what was found. And then I hit the jackpot and I found stuff. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So she was a 19-year-old student at the Evergreen State College in Olympia, which was 60 miles away from Seattle. That's... He drove 60 he miles. He drove a fuck ton what of ways. What the fuck, I don't dude? understand. Okay, so Donna... Well, it seems like he wasn't trying to get himself, you know, recognized or suspected or whatever. And then dumped everyone at the same site. Yeah. Not the same, but, like, he would... Like, I found, like, there's, like, five girls in, like, the same area. And there's, like, four girls in the same... Well, he didn't really, like, disguise himself either. No. I'm gonna put this (laughs) bin down. I'm gonna put the bin down on. I'm gonna, like, roll my sleeves up. Roll mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay. So, Donna was an intelligent college student... And she was really good at playing the flute and was uh, looking to play in a symphony. Um, and it, like she had a lot of potential to play Clearly in a Clearly he likes ambitious people. And he also has known to like the dark blonde hair with the middle part. There's right. only a few girls that have like strayed from it, that. Yeah. She also apparently had a huge IQ, but she had grade problems anyway. Uh, I because don't get it. the education system is fucked up. Yeah, and then like she she liked the four twenty. Mm. <laughs> Blaze it. It's the seventies. I don't I mean, you know. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Nobody cares. Um. So Donna was also known to get, take off unexpectedly and return to her friends with adventurous tales of hitchhiking. So they're just used to her disappearing. Yes. Just and so they were also concerned about her obsession with magic, death, and alchemy. Okay, so she's one of those girls. She's one of us. Yeah. <laughs> one of us. One, one of us. <laughs> um, okay, so the night that she died, she, or was taken, she mm-hmm. left her dormitory. Dormitory? Can't talk just, today. Yeah. It's late. It's late. She left her dormitory to attend a jazz concert on campus, but she never made it there. Um, so Ted confessed to killing her and disposing of her body in the Cascade Mountains, although he admitted to cremating her skull at his girlfriend's house. I can't. I, oh my God. Like, where? When? Did you just do it in the oven? Probably. Oh my God. I don't even know how. Because, like, like, I think from Morbid, because Elena's, uh autopsy person yeah like you have to have super high temperatures and i don't think an oven could get there so unless he like put it on a fire pit outside i have no idea i how did there's also (gasps) like i think i've heard that like sometimes liz would walk in and see him like in a cast and be like what are you doing but i have to read her book i just haven't had time yeah oh my god okay okay yeah um so in 1978 hikers thought they had found um her like a clothing that looked like what she'd been in yeah um but it there were inconsistencies with the height and the date of the death and so it didn't like it never went work so it was just some other random clothes in the mountains probably from another girl he also probably another cold case don't know Such I was um, ted said he dumped her on taylor mountain the same way but her body's never been found well 
could I mean, have lied about that, but he also could have really decomposed her body down. And it just, yeah. Well, it's been a long-ass time, and it's the mountains in Seattle, so it's snowy as mm-hmm. fuck. And... Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So now I don't like this. No, you're not gonna like any no. of it. You shouldn't like any of it. I don't. Um, April seventeenth, nineteen seventy four. This is Susan Rancourt. She was one of six children and worked two full time jobs seven days a week the summer before her freshman year to pay for the tuition of her school. Fuck, man. Cause that's our education system. Um, she was super shy but brilliant and ambitious, and she wanted to go into medicine. Her family had moved to Alaska, but she chose to stay behind to attend her school. Um, In college, she had a 4.0 and was working full-time in a nursing home. She had a boyfriend in another area, and she jogged every morning as well as took karate classes. Good for her. Um, But she hated the dark. Oh, yeah, same. Oh, yeah. And she never went anywhere alone. Good for her. She sounds smart. And yeah, he still somehow ended up getting her... Well, morning jogs. That's true. So, the night of April 17th, it was midterm finals, and she learned of a new job opening for a dorm advisor. She was looking... She always jumped at the chance to make more money, um, and being preoccupied with finals took the rare chance to go off on her... to leave on her own. Mm. So, at 8 p.m., she took a load of clothes to the campus laundry... Then walked to the advisory meeting by herself. She just went to the laundry room? No, she went to the laundry room to drop off her clothes, and then she went to the meeting. Like, she was expecting to come back and then finish her laundry. But she, of she course, said she doesn't like the dark and doesn't like to go by herself. But she, like, wanted the job. She, yeah. she hustling. Yeah. Oh, my girl. So it was dark, but the, she, it said that the campus was busy at the time. Well, it's a college campus. Yeah. So the meeting ended at 9, and she had planned to meet a friend to see a German film. Um, she never showed, so the friend eventually went in alone. Yeah. Um, I'd be like, what the fuck, man? So also, her school was 110 miles away from Seattle. What the fuck what? is wrong with this man? What? Whoa, that's like... A three-hour drive or four-hour drive, isn't it? Because back then, speed limits were much lower, so it would have taken longer. Oh, for fuck's sake. Dude. So, um... What was he doing at this time? Clearly, uh, nothing. What, in 1974, he graduated. He was supposed to be in law school. Clearly didn't do that. And, you know, was canoodling with Liz or whatever. So two female <laughs> students later came forward to say that, um... The night of her disappearance, and three nights before that, they'd seen a man wearing an arm sling asking for people to help him carry books to a car. No, to the would to not. the Beetle, to the Volkswagen. What a shitty person, man. Um. So Susan had also <laughs> this... been approached by Bundy in a sling, and being a kind person, she had agreed to help. My him. mentality is like, yeah, we should help people who need help, and then you have fuckos like this, and you're like, no, I don't want to help anyone because I what would if die, they murder me? I'd probably be like, oh, okay. I'm on crutches. Can you help me carry my bag? Yeah. Sure. He would have so killed me. This so. would have oh, sure been. This would have been the girl at the end of the movie with the hacksaw. Yeah, because he did hit her the on the head with a crowbar and vanish her. 
she was then raped and strangled, and her skull and jawbone are found on the same mountain with those other girls. Oh my god! So he, like, cuts off their heads and keeps them separate and, like, remakes their body? Is that the whole... He leaves the bodies out there. I'm getting Jeffrey Dahmer vibes, and I don't like it. It's only going to get worse. I know. We're only like five people we in. Set this, we set this up. We knew what we got into. <laughs> yeah. I know, but I don't like it. I'm glad you don't like it. <laughs> I don't. And I'm like, Like, I know I sound a little like I'm running through facts, but that's just because I don't want this to be forever long. Uh, yeah. May 6, 1974, Roberta Parks. She was majoring in world religions. Um, and I feel the best, the worst here, like, this fucking, she had had a miserable week when she disappeared. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. You're like, this is just what I need. Top like, of the cake. it was so bad. Like, I was reading about it and I was like, oh, poor girl. She was homesick for her family in California and had broken up with her boyfriend. Oh. May 4th, she had an argument with her father on the phone and her sister had called from Spokane two days later to tell her that her father had suffered a massive heart attack. Oh, oh shit. shit. Her sister called later with good news that their father would recover um it's speculated that kathy had felt really bad over the argument and blamed herself for the heart attack Mm -hmm. um that night she agreed to walk to another dorm hall to have coffee with her friends so she left her dormitory um which was a good day which was oregon state university which was 85 miles south of portland Oh my god. Dude, he's getting some travel time in. Yeah, to have coffee with her friends, but she never got there. And honestly, there really isn't information about what the hell he did to her, but her skull and jaw are found in the same fucking mountain. Wait, okay, so he drove down there, killed her, drove her back up. Yep. Yeah. Well, how far away was her friend's dorm from hers? Like, wouldn't it like be like she a was quick walking walk? distance. Wouldn't it be a quick walk? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, he it's... He must have just been sitting there waiting for someone. Like, what he did was, like, pull up and be, like... Or, like, walk out and be, like, Oh, hey, could you just, like, help me? No. Like, don't help anyone. They don't fucking need your yeah, help. moral of the story? Don't help people. Struggles. Ever. Ashley would have died. And yeah. still probably will. <laughs> from psychos like this. Yeah, I hate this. Okay. Why Continuing. Why do we get the bad shit for being nice people? I know. I know. It's because they know how to prey on it. Fuck. Take advantage of it. Kindness is needed in the world. Fuck these people. Fuck these people. Actually, don't. But. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So. My point still stands. uh, This is the one I have, like, the least amount. No, not necessarily the least amount, but she has nothing. Okay. Not the least amount, but she has nothing. Yeah. Uneventful, it seems. June 1st, 1974, Brenda Ball was 22, and she disappeared after leaving the Flame Tavern in Buren near Seattle Airport. Um, She asked her friend to take her home, and he was a musician at the bar, and he said no because it was in the opposite direction of where he was going. Valid, I guess. But if it's late at night and your yeah. friend who is a he girl asks feels you, bad now. There's some people who said they heard her trying to hitchhike if her friend wouldn't take her. But either way, the last time she was seen was in the parking lot talking to a brown-haired man with his arm in a sling. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Always- I think she was also found on the same mountain. Oh, oh uh, 
Watch us just be hiking somewhere and find some dead skulls. No, thank no, you. Please don't put that on me. I don't. I know. You know what? Don't ruin Solution. my for a hike right Solution, now, don't go on hikes. Right. <laughs> don't go. Just stay don't inside. Yes. No lakes, no forests, no trees, no You're darkness. You're not allowed to have anything. No darkness. Nothing. 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 <laughs> this is where we're at right now. All right. This one is a bit long because I found a, a lot. lot. Okay, let's do this. Jackpot okay. number two. Hell yeah. June 11, 1974. This is uh, Georgian Hawkins. Ooh. Stranger things, guys. Okay. Um, so she maintains straight A's through UW. That's um, impressive. Which was not typical for the average at the time, which was C. It's hard oh, enough girl. to maintain straight A's in college as it is. <laughs> Um, yeah, and she'd been having trouble with her Spanish and had considered dropping the course. Um, the day before, she'd called her mother to tell her she was going to cram the following day for her Spanish vitals instead of dropping it. Um, so she belonged to Kappa Alpha Theta sorority. Um, the day before, she and a sister, a sorority sister meaning, mm-hmm. had gone yeah. to a party and she'd had some drinks, but she'd left to stop by her boyfriend's room because he stayed kind in the same area okay um and she also said goodnight to him on her way back to her own dorm which was just six houses down the room yeah i feel like you shouldn't go anywhere drunk alone at night but it's so close like you wouldn't expect anything to happen i probably still would ask my boyfriend to walk me yeah i don't know why she did it it's super weird please um yeah so she just went to say goodnight to him and then she went back home to cram for her spanish final um she wasn't typical to walk norm- out on her own, but the street was pretty well lit and not really, like, abandoned, because there was a bunch of people out also cramming for finals. Okay, so it's not unusual. She also borrowed some notes from her boyfriend. A friend called out of a window to her, and they chatted for a few minutes, and then she said okay, goodnight wait. and walked 30 feet away before he struck her in the back through the window. 30 feet? What? That's, like, um, two male friends remember seeing her cover the last 20 feet before something was wrong when she didn't arrive. Oh, wait, before di- I jumped a line before disappearing around the corner. She only had 40 feet to go in a brightly lit alley, but she never made it. Step one no alleys. No alleys. I Even never, if it's a brightly lit alley, never do it's alleys. not worth it. I don't know. So the only cute. alley that sounds appealing it. is Diagon Alley. Thank, Thank you. Diagonally. Diagonally. <laughs> Diagonally. Um, so Georgian's roommate knew something was wrong when she didn't get back two hours later, and she called she her was boyfriend. Forty feet away. That's so heartbreaking. And she called her bo- Georgian's boyfriend and learned that she'd left his place, you know, two hours ago. Um, she woke up the house mother, like of the sorority mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. Um, and they stayed up all night to wait for her to come home. Um, when she didn't, they called the police immediately in the morning, and because of the other disappearances in the area, the police took it super seriously. Um, it was later discussed that the house mother had awoken to a scream, but had thought it was students just fucking around in other houses and went back to sleep. Oh no! So she got hit right from the back. She probably screamed. On the way down, yeah. Yeah. Or, like, when she woke up and got dragged away. At some point, she screamed, she screamed. and nobody came out. 
That's how I feel when car alarms go off. I'm like, something's probably happening. I'm most concerned with cars because, like, the cars go off at, like, the slightest touch sometimes. True, but... I feel like a scream is more concerning. If it's like yeah. I'm just curious about how her scream sounded. Well, you know, I know. And I never know with children screams, too. I'm like, are you hurt or, or are, are you, you screaming? Having a big ass tantrum right Or now. are you fucking playing? Yeah. <laughs> no. How do you, know? you never know. You never know. Um, the next morning, three homicide detectives and a criminologist, or criminal, yeah, I think that's supposed to be, they yeah, combed the entire alleyway on their hands and knees, finding nothing. After she, after her, I mean, what would they have even found? Like, it sounds like he didn't. I don't know. Unless fuck did he leave no footprints anywhere? That's my. That's my thing. He's just fucking great at this, and it's which makes no sense for him to be a new killer. Whatever. No footprints, no fingerprints. That's concerning. Yeah, suspicious. So yeah, when her disappearance became publicized, witnesses came forward to report seeing a man that night, who was in an alley behind the door, behind a nearby dormitory. He was on crutches with a leg cast and struggling to carry a briefcase. I fucking told you. (laughs) One woman recalled that the man had asked her to help him carry the case to his car, which was a light brown Volkswagen Beetle. Mm. Yeah, some consistencies, some parallels between all the cases. Yeah, so Bundy confessed to this murder before the execution, but even though he was foggy on all the details, he remembered how trusting she was. He, he says he asked her for help carrying his briefcase to his car because of his fake cast. And That'd she'd be me. I'm sorry. immediately obliged. I would have done. He'd knocked her out, stuffed her in the car, and sped away. She came to before he killed her. And in her confusion, she kept rambling and said that she had thought he'd been sent to help her with her Spanish final. He knocked her out again and then pulled over and strangled her. What in the world? Um, Before his execution, he claimed that part of her remains were found um, September 6, 1974, nearly two miles from Lake Sammamish State Park. Which is where the other two girls went missing. Mm -hmm. So she's not a Lake Sammamish girl. She's She's nearby. Near there. Okay. How far is Lake Sammamish from Seattle? It's not that far. Okay. So Bundy told the detective, Detective Keppel, that he yeah. had lured her to the car before rendering her unconscious with a crowbar. So there's the whole time that there's a bunch of things that are weird. The damn crowbars, man. Um, and it says here he like handcuffed her and drove her to Issaquah. Issaquah. I think I'm saying it right. Issaquah. That sounds right. Where he strangled her before spending the entire night with her body. Gross. Prior to Necrophile. her, yeah, hate it. Prior to her murder, Hawkins had yeah. It says that she had talked about the Spanish test, and he thought he had taken her to help her tutor for something, and he said yeah, it's not normal. funny, but the odd of the, it's odd the kinds of things people will say under those circumstances. Ah, uh, that's totally not psychopathic. Also, warning. He admitted to revisiting Hawkins's corpse on three occasions. What? What? Did he just like sit there and read and like just stare at it? Or did I think he, he shit too. I think he fucked her again yeah, multiple times. Yeah. As she was what? Dead like, and decaying. That's so bad. Oh my. Oh man. my 
god. I'm surprised you didn't, like, kidnap anyone, take him hostage. I don't think that was his thing. I think he was sicker than that. Yikes. Well, clearly Um, she left a significant impact on him. Yeah. Yeah. He also stated that he returned to the alley the morning after the abduction. Um, And in the midst of a major crime scene investigation, he located and gathered her earrings in one of her shoes. And then he left them in the adjoining parking lot and departed. And nobody saw him. What? Okay. Tell me how nobody can sees him because I feel like this is common. And I'm like, is he really that stealthy? Well, if you know, he's that he's... good looking, like people notice him, but he also is one of those super common faces that everyone just forgets. Like, also take things that Ted says with a little grain of salt because he thinks he's tough shit. He thinks he's you know shit. he's We've the already one covered. He's that. the one that told everyone he was a good athlete and super popular when he was in fact bullied and never on a team at all. Good point. So yeah, no, we know he's a compulsive liar, or whatever. Mm-hmm. To not have anyone see you is kind of hard for me to believe. And um, like to go pick up stuff, unless they were looking in the in, middle of a crime scene. Unless they were looking in completely the wrong area. I know, but if it's nearby, like I feel like crime scenes are like the any adjacent yeah. areas are cut off. Yeah. Unless there was like no way for them to do it, I don't know. Okay, so this is July fourteenth, nineteen seventy four, and this is. The two girls from Lake Sammamish. These are are happening so quickly with such a frequency that... Like once a month. But like the fact... This one is so fucking brazen and I have a lot to say about it. The Lake Sammamish ones? Yeah, so this is... I think I remember a little bit about I think I texted you when I was like first researching this stuff and I was like, excuse me. (laughs) Probably. Um, I'm excited. So this is Janice Ott and Denise Naslund. Mm-hmm. Um, so these were broad daylight abductions of two women in a crowded yeah, beach at Lake me. Sammamish State Park in Issaquah because it was July and fucking summer. Yeah. And, and a beach. Um, so okay. it was also a suburban area of 20 miles east of Seattle. This is where they got the descriptions for him, right? Yeah. This is when he kind of starts to fuck up. So five. Well, also he asked a fuck ton of people to help him put his sailboat onto his Volkswagen Bug. Definitely not the car for that. I would have walked up to his fucking car and been like, "How the fuck are you gonna tow this sailboat that you don't fucking have on your (laughs) Volkswagen Bug?" How stupid are you? Sounds like a break. Oh my god, I'm so like what? I would have walked over there and been like, one, you have a bug. Two, you have no boat. All the red flags. Three, you're in a cast. How did you unload the boat? Good point. Good point. In the first place. Did you did you hurt your arm while doing it? Like exactly. Like like, you don't have any other friends with you that could help you do it. Yeah, of course you're going around. I'm sorry. I don't know anyone who sails by themselves. I think you have to. I think I even like watched a fucking YouTube video when I learned this shit and need to like to see how many people are needed to do shit on a sailboat. You need multiple people. Well, and like, well, you it can do it, but it is only hard. going around asking young Girls, women for yeah. it. Yeah. So just like, why would you do it in the middle of a crowded area in the middle of the fucking day when you have been constantly doing it at night? You were, you like started fucking yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, well, I think that he's like honestly losing control. Like, I think like, like, that's why like, I don't think these are, you can say that these are 
first murders because like this is stuff that happens when people are like in the thick of it and they can't stop anymore. Mm-hmm. Any hoozle. Um, so yeah, five female witnesses described an attractive young man wearing a white tennis outfit with his left arm in a sling, speaking in a light accent, which was maybe Canadian or British, <laughs> introducing okay. himself as Tid. I would love Tid. to hear this. Tid. Tid. Hey there, I'm Tid. I'm Tid. Oh yeah, I'm Tid, eh? How you doing, eh? <laughs> Top of the morning, eh? <laughs> oh, I just need to get my sailboat off the water, eh? Did you hit me? <laughs> my arms in the cast, what? eh? What is going on? <laughs> Perhaps wasn't the best idea to go sailing today, eh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, he needed help unloading a sailboat from his tan or bronze-colored Volkswagen Beetle. Okay. So, yeah, four of them refused, and one accompanied, accompanied him as far as his car, saw that there was no fucking sailboat, Good and for left. Her. Good yes, job. Yes, that's how you Success. survive. That's you, Lex. You'd be like, uh, excuse me, I would have been like, no, bye. Oh, where the what? fuck's your sailboat? What? What? Yeah, so three additional witnesses saw him approach Janice and Odd, who was 23, um, she was a probation caseworker at King County Juvenile Court, um, and he told her the same fucking sailboat story, and they all watched her leave the beach in his company. Uh, I'd be suspicious of so, my friend. And this is what gets me. She was super educated in psychology and antisocial personality. Yeah, but I feel like it's hard if you, like, don't see it. Well, and, like, I talked about how, like, Ted was, like, also taking psychology to learn, I think, tricks. So, he's just a whole fucked up in the head yeah. person. Yeah. Not a typical textbook person. So, but. yeah, she felt that with her experience and kind personality, she could really help others who needed special <sighs> guidance in changing for the better. Me. She was also a newlywed of a year and a half. Oh, man. So, this was a really sad day. Um, the job she'd worked so hard for um, took her away from Washington, leaving her husband behind in his own practice in California. Uh, and she was missing him the day, like every day, but especially like the same day that she died. She'd left a note for her roommate and told her that she'd be home by four and then had biked to the park. Her husband didn't stop looking for her until her remains were found in September 6, 1974. At the Issaquah dump site because he liked to dump in the same place. So yeah, about four hours later, after, after freaking her, after Janice, Mm -hmm. then on the same day. Sorry, processing. Yeah, these were two on the same day. So this is Denise Marie Nasland, who was 19 years old. And so studied. he left and came back, and so people who are still in yes. the are like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing there? He back? left you and came there. back. If maybe you just left, maybe he would have been okay. But the fact that this motherfucker came back... And did the exact same thing all over again. people. Mm-hmm. And the first girl didn't come back with him. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Um, yeah. Here. So Denise was 19 and studying to be a computer programmer. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And was working part-time in an office to pay her way through night school. Uh, she and her boyfriend of nine months had planned a picnic that day at the park with another couple, 
and they had roasted hot dogs, and then the men had fallen asleep in the sun. Oh, that sounds nice, uh, except for the part where she gets murdered. It's about to get even more sad. Denise walked off to go to the bathroom about 4.30 and never returned. Her that. friends started to worry after a while and searched for her. Denise had brought her dog, and they hoped that she was looking for the dog, but it turned up alone. That fucking dog was looking for her the whole damn time. Um, Bundy told another another group of detectives that um, Janice was still alive when he returned with Denise, and that he forced one to watch as he murdered the other. Um. But then he later denied this in an interview. Who fucking knows with Ted Bundy, man? Anyway, their remains were found together two miles from the park. Two, two Damn, that's miles? Close. That's fucking close. Like, I just, I fully believe that he would have made them watch. Like, he's just a monster. Oh, for sure. Like, this would have been what? interesting to see in the movie. Like, his, like. Yeah, but it was, like, supposed to be Liz's story, yeah, which is yeah. why I think people I got it. mad. They wanted to see more of, like, what There's happened. There's so t- much shit on Ted Bundy, though. Okay, so here's the thing. Idaho? Idaho? I've never heard. Okay, I have heard of Idaho before, but not <laughs> in relation to Ted Bundy. I'm glad you've heard of Idaho. Congrats. We're all glad you've heard of Idaho. <laughs> Idaho. Um, yeah, there's like nothing known of this person, but it is said that he maybe raped and murdered an unknown hitchhiker in September of 1974. Was he in Idaho? I mean, it's in the area. Like maybe when he was driving back and forth from... Utah? Possibly. Could have been. Or Colorado or whatever. Um, So yeah, that's when it popped up. No no one has any information on it because he never confessed. I don't like it. So now we're in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I wrote also, he also cheated on Liz a bunch while in his school here. Like up to 12 women. Lovely. Cheating. Amazing. We're not even like getting into the, the whole Stephanie shit. Yeah. That she didn't know about. This poor woman went through so much bullshit with him. Okay. Okay. Um, October 2nd, 1974. So a little jump. Still in the same a little, year. A little jump. It was July, and then he fled to Utah, and now it's October. Okay, so it's And time. maybe somebody in Idaho in September. Um... Nancy Wilcox went missing. Uh, He confessed to her kidnapping, sexual assault, and murder. She'd originally been listed as a runaway, and he buried her near Capitol Reef National Park. That's really all I could get on her. I wonder how many cases that are runaway cases are actually murders. Probably. The problem is that people always are like, Mm -hmm. maybe it was a runaway. Maybe she just left and didn't Mm -hmm. So he's really ramping up here. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Because the last one was October 2nd. This one's October 18th. Ooh. So this is Melissa Smith, and she vanished from Middale, Utah. Her body was found nine days later in the nearby he's mountain in areas. Now, yeah? In Utah? He, yeah. I don't remember like how long it took him to get into law school. Well, obviously not over the summer. Or he was. I, I don't know. And I, I didn't care to look it up. Okay. It's fine. Cool, cool. Um, so she was the daughter of a police chief and had plans to attend a slumber party. 
that day. Aww. Also, police chief's daughter. Yeah, what he's getting really uh, um, I mean, I don't think he knew because she was just walking to the local pizza parlor to console a friend who had had a quarrel with her boyfriend. Um, and after that, she left to pick up her overnight clothes to go to the slumber party, but she never made it home. Um, and she never made it to the party. That fucking sucks, man. So she was trying to comfort a friend, but was instead found battered and nude nine days later. Nine days. Shit. Um, her head had been severely beaten with perhaps a crowbar, because that seems to be his thing. Yeah. And, or, you know, it's log. Anyways. And her body had been battered before death. She'd oh, been shit. strangled, raped, and sodomized. 17. Oh, my God. Great. Halloween, 1974. Oh, shit. Oh, God damn it. That was like, look, it's like 13 days later. <clears throat> the other one was 16. Getting less and less. Let's just get it over with. Laura Amy disappeared from Lehigh, Utah, uh, was bludgeoned and raped, body discovered by hikers in American Fort Canyon. Uh, she dropped out of high school and moved in with her friends while working small jobs. She was referred to as a drifter looking for something to grasp in life. She talked to her parents daily, but wasn't missed for four days after Halloween. That's weird. She'd gone to a cafe on Halloween night, and um, when she got bored, she left around midnight to head to a park. She was found a month later on the bank of a river in the oh, Wasatch shit. Mountains. Dude, that's pretty sloppy, by the way. Yeah, that's sloppy. Yeah, her face had been beaten beyond recognition, and she was found nude. See, these are all in similar styles of murder. So they did yeah. murder by dental And records. weapon, because, like, again, we're going to see. And weapon. Like, yeah, like, she'd been strangled and beaten with an iron crowbar or pry bar. They think that she had fought him, but um, it didn't really matter. Her body... He's a lot stronger. Yeah, her body was found by hikers on Thanksgiving. Just leaves him straight out there and, Okay. So this is the one that got away. Yes. Okay. okay. November 8th. So this eight is the days one that later. with the trial and everything. Yeah. This is Carol Durange. She was 18. So she was at the mall. Uh, Can't go anywhere, man. No. <laughs> nope. Nowhere is safe. Yeah. So, and she worked at the telephone company. So yeah, she was at the mall and she ran into some of her cousins and then she went to the bookstore and got some books when a handsome, well-dressed man approached her. He asked if she'd parked near Sears, and she said yes. He asked for her license number, and she what? gave it to him. What? Why? What? I don't fucking know. He told her that he'd seen someone try to break into her car, and she needed to come look at it. That's so... Is he just going around asking everyone, Hey, did you park at Sears? She had, like, she didn't even think, like, how did he find me? Yeah. Um, it, it said that, like, he just had, like, a compelling and authoritative air that made her assume he was a security guard. Of course. So she followed him out of the building, but then got a really weird apprehension as they headed out to the rainy night. 
She asked to see his ID, and then he laughed, making her feel stupid. Um, they got to the car, and nothing was missing. He then told her she needed to come to the station to see if she knew the suspect, which, what? Um, yeah. After much hesitation, she followed him to a side building, which he told her was a substation. No, what? Okay. It was a backdoor to a laundry mat. Okay. He said the suspect must have taken to must have been taken to headquarters, and then coerced her into going to headquarters. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until they were in the Volkswagen and she smelled alcohol on his breath that she like was no, like she was like no. He told yeah. her to put on her seatbelt and she refused and was ready to jump out. He'd already driven off and was going really fast and she realized he was heading away from the police station. So he screeched to a halt and tried to handcuff her, um, but in the struggle, connected both of the cuts to cuffs to the same wrist, like a dumbass. Yeah. Um, as they struggled, he pulled out a small gun and threatened her with it. She fell out of the door into the onto the ground and got up as he came at her with the crowbar. Um, he threw her up against the car, and in an adrenaline rush, she broke free. And ran wildly into the road. An older couple, ugh, an older couple came upon her just in time and took her to the police station. Nice. Okay. Solid older. Couple. Yeah. So Solid she's the people. one who like Started ID'd everything. him. His appearance. ID'd the car. Had information about what he was doing. Yeah. So like. I know Liz blamed herself after, like, tr- saying the name about the Sammamish girl, but he would have gotten caught here yeah, anyway. regardless. Like, she got away. I mean. Yeah. Okay. So, this is the same goddamn day. Okay. Because okay. he didn't get Carol. So, he drove 20 miles away and found Debbie Kent, Lovely. who was 17. Great. So she disappeared after leaving a school play in Bountiful, Utah to go pick up her brother. Oh my. Oh my God. So of course her brother's just waiting there now. I'll, I'll get into it. It's awful. I did not Great. know everything. Yeah. So her father was recovering from a heart attack. Um, okay. And the night of the 8th, he was feeling well enough to go to the high school play with Debbie and her mom. They dropped her younger brother off at the skate rink, and he went. And they they went to the high school. Debbie called the skate rink at intermission to let her know, her brother know the play wouldn't end till well after ten, and then returned to her seat. She offered to pick up her brother, while her parents stayed behind at the school and went to the parking lot around ten thirty. Several people who lived near the school later admitted to hearing two short, terrified screams between ten thirty and eleven. They described them as coming from someone in mortal terror. Oh, hell no. Fucking great. No. They even walked outside and stared into the darkness, hoping to find the source, but saw nothing, and they reported nothing. Uh. Debbie's brother waited at the rink while the crowds thinned at the high school, leaving her irritated parents waiting until midnight. I don't understand how you could just wait there. I mean, I guess there wasn't phones. Like, what are you going to do? But then they realized that their car was the only one left in the parking lot. Like, that's when I would have been like, what? oh, my God. Um, okay. They immediately called the police, who were all too familiar with the recent disappearances. 
Um, a father then later told the police he'd arrived late at the play and saw a light-colored Volkswagen bug racing away from the school. Um, a small handcuff key was found in the parking lot, and guess what? It fit Carol's fucking handcuffs. Oh, surprise, surprise. Yep. Um, nothing else turned up, and Debbie Kent's family faced a tragic Christmas. Oh. oh. He left her body near Fairview, Utah, which was 100 miles away. What? And minimal skeletal remains were found, and eventually, in 2015, were posit- positively identified by DNA as her. Hers. Well, I'm glad we're getting DNA testing, but like... So are they just doing that with all these bodies? Like, when they're so decomposed, can they like identify the girls by dental records? Or like, I don't know. It depends on if they time. find it. I think they can check like... Well, it seems he's taking I the skulls. It's insane, man. Like, okay. That's what's nuts. Like, he freaking tried to kidnap a girl, failed, and then was like, I'll go get some videos. hundred miles... Yeah, and then drove a hundred to dump her body. That is so much gas. Dude, that's like another three hours. What the fuck is he getting this money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is he doing? In school. Oh, okay. So Aspen, Colorado, January 12th, is Karen Eileen Campbell, who was 23. She disappeared from a hotel hallway in Snowmass, Colorado, and her body was discovered 36 days later on a dirt road near the hotel. We're hitting the point where, okay, first off, yeah, that was really messy. Second off, we're hitting the point where it's going to start snowing and it's going to cover everything up. It probably was, January. So, Karen was a registered nurse from Farmington, Michigan, uh, she was engaged to a cardiologist who was nine years older than her, and he had two children that she got along with. They had gone to Aspen to combine a medical seminar with a vacation, and she hadn't been feeling well that night and had, and had argued with her fiancé about the date of their marriage, and she had wanted to marry soon, but he wasn't really in a rush for it. Okay. So even though she had a slight case of the flu, Karen took the kids skiing and sightseeing while their father attended the seminar. Later, they ate dinner with friends and returned to the inn where they were staying. They settled in the lounge and Karen remembered a magazine she left in their room and went to retrieve it. After she'd been gone a while, her fiancé went to find her, and she wasn't in the room or anywhere. He searched frantically for her and soon brought the police into it, but she'd really just vanished into thin air. So she was just trying to go get a freaking magazine. How many people do you think said that was aliens? I don't think they said that was aliens. People say it's aliens about everything. Anywho, her fiancé had to pack and fly home with the children, but kept having to wait for phone calls from Karen, explaining why she just walked out on them. But of course she never called. On February 18th, she was found in a snowbank, not far from the inn that she'd been vacationing. She lay with she lay in a bloodstained snowbank nude, battered and cut. And it was most likely that she'd been raped. That fucking sucks, man. Yeah. Honestly I don't even know what to say about any of this anymore. It's all just really bad and we're not even at Florida. I know and it only just keeps getting worse. 
March 15th, Julie Cunningham's 26 disappeared on the way to a bar in Vail. Um, her body was buried near Rifle, which was 90 miles away from Vail, but was never found. Okay. Um, she was considered to be very attractive and worked in a sporting goods store while also being a ski instructor. She had a bad history with men. Um, the week that she disappeared, she'd had a heartbreak of her life. She thought mm-hmm. it was the right one and had gone to Sun Valley with him for the weekend only to learn he'd had no interest in a long-term relationship. She had wanted marriage, but he wasn't in it. So she returned to Vail crying and depressed, and on March 15th, she talked to her mom for the last time on the phone and decided that she needed a break. Do you think after people started noticing the similarities in victims, everyone was, like, rushing to change their appearance? Maybe. Um, so when she went to the bar, she would have met her roommate there, but she never made it. He clubbed and handcuffed her, then assaulted and strangled her at a secondary site in Rifle. Their secondary locations. Yep. Weeks later, he made the six-hour drive from Salt Lake City to visit her remains. What? I don't understand. What? April 6th, Denise Lynn Oliverson. We're in 75, right? Mm, Yeah. Okay. Abducted while cycling to her parents' house in Grand Junction, Colorado. Grand Junction, wow. She'd had a really bad fight with her husband and had decided to go to her parents to cool off. Her parents hadn't been expecting her, and when she didn't return that night, her husband just assumed that she was still mad at him and stayed there to cool off. So she just disappeared and nobody realized she was gone? Yeah. He decided to give her some time, and the next day when he called their house, was alarmed to learn that she'd never gotten there. The police searched the route, that she had most likely taken and found her bike and her sandals under a viaduct near a road, railroad bridge. Um, he dumped her body in the Colorado River five miles west of Grand That's Junction. That's clumsy. But no one ever found her. Oh. Did he admit to dumping her body? Yeah. Like, these things, like, all the ones that here he's confessed to. Okay. Except for ones that I know nothing about. But we're sure there's more. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Well, I only have like twenty five of the victims, and, and we can, know that there's confirmed yeah, thirty. Yeah, he confessed to over thirty, but I don't know if even he remembered who they were. Like probably he just not. probably was like, I killed thirty six people or something, but like he couldn't say what happened or who they were. Because there were just that many. May six. This one's not fun. Okay. Great. Oh, thanks for um, the warning. Lynette Dunn Culver, she was 12. Uh, right. Abducted from her junior high school in Idaho. Oh, this is also Idaho. He drowned and sexually assaulted her in his hotel room and then disposed of her body into what the authorities now believe is the Snake River. She's never been found. Oh. God damn. And he admitted to that one because that's in here. Yeah. Uh, June 28th, Suzanne Curtis, 15, disappeared during a youth conference at the Brigham Young University. Body buried near Price, Utah, 75 miles away from Provo, and has also never been found. Great. 
Okay, so now we're in Florida. So, yeah. Okay, so this is after the first trial. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm just going over victims, but, like, the trial is just as fucking crazy. Yeah, the fucking bonkersness of the trials just happened, and now he's in Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so all of these, the next ones that I'm saying happened January 15th. Okay. Oh, 78, my bad. January 15th, 78. So, four years, he's been pretty consistently killing people. He took a three-year break, but I think that was because he was in jail. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there's one at the end that happens at a different time, but the ones that I'm going to be reading now are all January 15th. In the same location? Um, relatively. He goes from one sorority house... And then is not done, and then he runs to, I think, six doors over into another sorority house. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, Because he was not done. Uh, Margaret Elizabeth Bowman, 21. She was the daughter of a wealthy, prominent St. Petersburg family. Uh, She went on a blind date um, around 9.30 p.m. and came home and was waiting in the rec room to talk to her friends about the date. Uh, She talked to Melanie... Nelson about it in Melanie's dorm as she changed into pajamas and then Margaret went to bed around 2 30. Um, she was found lying on her stomach in bed her skull shattered as she slept. A nylon stocking had been pulled so tightly around her neck it was nearly broken and her skull was smashed that it was impossible to tell the injuries apart. Oh shit. The coroner is under the a better opinion that she was unconscious from the blows itself and hopefully did not feel anything else. Hopefully not. That's always what you hope for. That nobody feels anything when yeah. they're being hurt. Garroted? Yeah. Are we talking about? Oh, you said gahurt? I said hurt. Oh, I heard gahurt and I was like, garroted? Gahurt. Um, Lisa Levy. She'd worked all day and went to a popular campus disco around 10 p.m. with her sorority sister. She only stayed a half hour because she was really tired from work and went home to bed. Her roommate was gone for the weekend and she was in the dorm alone. She apparently hadn't awakened to all the hysteria coming from the rooms when Karen and Kathy were found. She Mm -hmm. would never awaken again. Great. An officer found her without a pulse and began CPR and cardiopulmonary massage. She died before she reached the hospital. So this is the one that was really, really bad. Her right nipple had been almost bitten off and her left collarbone was broken and she had been strangled. A a Clarisol hairspray had been jammed into her vagina and there was a double bite mark on her left buttocks. Which was what put him in the chair. Right. I just, I don't even fucking understand. Like, it's, it really feels like he broke here. Well, because he was in jail for a long time. And I think when he escaped, he was trying to keep a low profile. And like, so that's three years of pent up whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think he just fucking lost it. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Because this is messy as fuck 
not really in his style, super violent. Yeah. Um, so I believe those were the two that died, and these are the the next three are the ones he attacked, but he didn't kill. Or so, tried to and it tried just to kill, stick. but it they didn't for whatever reason. It didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, thankfully. Thankfully, yeah. Karen Chandler was 21. She'd gone home and cooked dinner for her family and then returned before 12 a.m. to work on a sewing project. Such is life. Such is life. Uh, she went to bed a little after that. The house had been quite deserted that evening when several different sorority sisters returned. A chain of events happened that led to them realizing an intruder had been among them. One girl saw Bundy running from the building while holding the log, while another heard strange thumping sounds from above them. Oh, fuck. And they're all together, too. They went to alert the house mother, and as they hurried down the hall, Karen staggered into the hall, blood streaming down her face, delirious. She had broken teeth, a broken jaw, and skull fractures, as well as cuts and one crushed finger. Oh, shit. I think she must have tried to block it, and it just smashed under the log. Please, no. Kathy Kleiner. Um, she went to a wedding that night with her fiancé and then went to dinner with her friends after. Like her roommate Karen Chandler, she was in bed by midnight. After Karen's horrifying appearance, the house mother hurried into the room to find Kathy sitting up in bed, holding her head in her hands as blood gushed from her wounds. Uh... What? Okay. She had lacerations and a punctured wound on her face, broken teeth, her jaw was broken in three places, and she had whiplash. Later, she would have a pin put in her jaw, and all her teeth were permanently loosened. Oh, what? great. She called her fiancé and pastor, and she has no memory of this attack, because oh, she shit. was asleep. Oh, my God, being asleep. Like, that's what I just that's don't even understand. Crazy. Um, so Cheryl Thomas, also 21, she was a dance student and had got, and had gone out after staying to have tea at her dates and she returned home around 1.30. She turned on the TV, made something to eat and fed her new kitten. Her neighbors and friends who lived next door arrived home and shouted teasingly through the wall for her to turn down the TV. She turned out the kitchen light, waited for the kitty to follow her, and went to bed. Later, she awoke to a sound, decided it was the kitten on the kitchen window sill, and drifted back to sleep. I mean, I would have done I, that. Yeah, that's what I would have done, too. Like, I, there was the so dog. many times that, like, I've woken up in the middle of the night and been like, it's Jinx, and gone back to bed. <laughs> for real, though. And it almost always is Jinx, because she's crazy. Um, so her neighbor, Debbie, woke around 4 a.m. to strange hammering sounds. She slept oh, on a mattress. Oh, I don't want, uh, no, I'm good. She slept on a mattress on the floor and felt the whole house vibrating from the thumps. Oh, what? shit. The oh, my God. Her? That's intense. She shook her roommate awake and they listened in fear until there was silence. Then they heard Cheryl moaning and whimpering. They weren't sure whether it was from a bad dream or not, so Debbie snuck to the phone quietly and called her boyfriend and asked what they should do. Call 911, motherfucker. He told her it was probably nothing. What? But okay. she felt there was something definitely wrong. Yeah, uh, dump his ass. The girls had a security check they'd made up a while before that, 
they were always to answer the phone no matter what, no matter what time of day. If they didn't, then something was wrong. They called Cheryl's room till it rang five times, and Debbie's roommate said loudly, said loudly call the police now. And they, as they were reaching the police, they heard a giant crash from Cheryl's apartment, as if someone was running and crashing through the kitchen. Oh, shit. Because this is when he had ran somewhere else. That would be fucking terrifying. Debbie and her roommate were shocked to see a dozen police cars at their house within four minutes of the call. They had no idea what had gone on at the other at the sorority house, and Cheryl was found lying diagonally ac- across her bed, barely conscious, whimpering and writhing in pain. Her face was turning purple with bruises. It was swollen, and she had several serious head wounds. She suffered the worst injuries that night. Her skull was fractured in five places, causing permanent hearing loss in her left ear. Her shoulder, her left shoulder was dislocated. Her jaw was broken, and her eighth cranial nerve was so damaged that she would never have normal equilibrium. What? She stayed in the hospital for a month. Oh my god. Yeah, because she was the one that, like, I think, because he, people came home or woke up at the other sorority, and he had to leave, and he wasn't done yet. So Mm -hmm. he ran to her house and took out all of the rest of his frustrations on this poor girl. That's crazy. Oh my god. (sighs) Fractures. She's, like, toast. Like, that's, like, you can't recover from that. Yeah, no. So this is the last one that I have. Okay. Um, I think it's also the last one that he was able to get away, like, to to do because they caught him after the florida ones yeah like because this is like a month later because those were january 15th this is february 9th yeah so this is kimberly diane leach she's also 12 i thought there was only one 12 year old there was a few oh my god she was also taken from her junior high school in lake city florida she was super excited the day that she disappeared. She'd been elected first runner-up at the Valentine Queen at her junior high school. Oh. Um, the day that she went missing, it was rainy and windy. She arrived to PE class and remembered leaving her purse in her homeroom class. Her teacher let her run back to get it, and this meant dodging from one building to another to avoid the rain. Kim's friend went with her, and as they started back to PE, her friend remembered something she herself had to retrieve, so they split up. Kim kept going, and when her friend came back outside, she saw, she was alarmed to see her friend, uh, meaning Kimberly, Mm -hmm. going off with a man. Um, Many um. witnesses that day remember seeing the little girl with an angry man, and he simply looked like a father. Okay. Who'd been called to school to take his naughty child home. Okay, so. but if she's your friend and you're like, I've never seen that dude before, wouldn't you tell someone? I don't know. I mean, I guess it just depends on, you know. I would have told someone. If it seems suspicious to me, you don't trust your gut, right? Yeah, so. well, I think she's also, you know, her friend was a kid and was like, yeah. I don't know. Um, the school called her house later that afternoon which they routinely did if someone hadn't attended the rest of their classes. Mm. Her parents freaked out because they knew that Kim did not skip school, um, and she also hadn't come home. They contacted authorities who went on the typical runaway theory, 
but her parents knew she was too happy about the Valentine election that she never would have had reason to run away. Yeah. After eight weeks of heavy searching, the bare bones of the girl who'd been so thrilled... So thrilled? Okay. Had been so thrilled to become the runner-up in the Valentine court or um, was found in a pig pen. Oh, There was shit. evidence of sexual assault, but no head trauma. It appeared that she'd been strangled, but the decomposition made it too difficult to tell. What the fuck? I know. It's, it's like, I don't even fucking understand. What kind of person would do that? It's just it's I like don't... he went into, like, he started to get sloppy, and then Florida was just his, like, I'm going to just go on this rampage of rage and and like that's the thing like he has such like he he was the escape artist but like couldn't manage like like i'll talk more about it but like when he escaped the first time he came back because he was hungry like he found a house that he stayed in and there was no food so he was like well i guess this is done i don't know he's just what i I don't know. He just got aggressive, like increasingly aggressive. Like the lot, the Florida ones are just I feel so like, violent. And I feel like he was really getting mad that people were like figuring him out and well, trying to like do. Sh- your tracks or maybe you should not kill people. Exactly. Maybe moral maybe story could have been people. a lovely husband to Liz and her and father to her child. Yeah. Could have had more baby Bundies. Yeah. I don't know. But you didn't. I mean, you did. But, like, you chose murder. So you died. Yeah. And people cheered. Yep. I wasn't there. We were not. We were not we were even not. an I idea. was negative six. <laughs> but my mom was, and it sounded intense. Yeah, my mom, mom. my mom was, but mom was only, like, 18 when he died. So she probably didn't really remember Maybe a bunch of it. She might. Because, you know, they, your mom in that. Maybe. Like, I know she age. heard about the Night Stalker, but she, of course, never mentioned it to us until we talked about it. We were like, do Which you remember this? And she's like, oh, yeah, we were all scared. Like, like, mom. <laughs> yeah, she was like, we all to lock our windows at night. It was really scary. That's what everyone started doing because people kept breaking in because, you know, it happened in L.A. and we all lived in High Park. still live in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like... Excuse me, what? Like, mother. Thank you for leaving that important detail. Mother. Details. She always does that. She'll, like, throw something at us and expects us to know it. We're like, hold up. Or she'll be like, how come you guys don't know this about me? I'm like, you do not talk about yourself ever. You don't tell us shit. <laughs> Anyways, this is horrifying. Uh, oh, it wow, was, that was intense. I'm really glad to be done with this research yep, so I can yep. just do the trial where he's yeah. just a bonkers wackadoo. It's very interesting and intriguing to watch him try to defend himself, though, so that's going to be fun. Yeah. Trying to spin his way out of this. I mean, he still went down saying, I'm not guilty. Like, do you really think he thought he didn't do these things? I mean, I heard, I saw, like, one in one of my articles that I was reading that he called this other thing the entity. Oh, What? 
So who fucking knows with Ted Bundy? He's a compulsive I mean, liar. He, maybe he had blacked out when he did it and doesn't remember doing like like I yeah do things of that for all of these. So maybe like, for the Florida ones. Like but. he remembers where he put the bodies and things, but maybe he obviously he doesn't remember their names and like what maybe he specifically did to each woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all yeah. essentially the same yeah. thing. Yeah. That might be why he doesn't remember everything because it's all the same thing. Okay, well, that was awful. Yeah, no, not fun. Do we uh, have anything light? Ollie, do, do we? you wanna do you wanna say anything? No, he's no. totally out. He's oh so yeah, for sweet. sure. Anything light? <laughs> anything fun? Hey, Josh. Hello. I might regret this, but do you have a joke? Oh crap. Um, okay, I imagine this is gonna be really bad. Here we go. Um, okay. <laughs> Why did Ollie construct oh, no. a plane to cross the street? I, I don't what? know. What? Okay, I don't know. <laughs> he constructed a plane to cross the street. <laughs> I'm eager for the answer. <laughs> because he's the baby. Oh my god. Oh my god. god. I told you it was going to be Josh, a terrible joke. I did not say. Even a joke. No, you it's not. You did one. start with, am I going to regret this? I did. Yeah, I did indeed. My, uh, yeah, what's the one the professor told? Okay, he said, a priest, a rabbit, and a minister walk into a bar. The rabbit looks right. around and says, mm, I think I'm a typo. That's better. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's see, I, can't, I can only take credit for the shitty jokes. Well, I mean, I you, you quoted a... the professor. Yeah. Good. Oh, boy. So that, yeah, that's the episode. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, I, Josh. I <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Uh, also, happy happy end of Supernatural. Yeah. Don't tell us anything. We're, we're... I swear to God, guys, if you spoil it for us, I will block you. I feel like I've been getting things, but I'm trying so hard. So hard. Because I have to watch the final season still. Yeah, we only watched like three episodes and then you had to and go then, back for Josh. Yeah, I did. Now he's in season six. Oh, well. Well, Anyways, tell them things. Yes, you can find us on Instagram at nope underscore I'm underscore scared. Um, like us. Follow us. Send us a DM. Tell us things. We're happy to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, we also have an email at nope I'm scared podcast at gmail.com. You can send in your listener stories like Ashley's boyfriend is going to do. Yes. No apparently into it. he has sleep paralysis, so he's going to tell us all about that. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be horrifying. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm stoked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, please send us your listener stories. Yeah, or whatever. Hometown murders, tidbits, reviews, uh, suggestions, because we we will eventually run out of things. Maybe. At some point. Uh, we just want to know what you guys want to hear. Yeah. We provide a service, and if you request, it shall be done. I swear it shall be done. <laughs> Okay. That was my okay, princess Ella, bride I think moment. It's bedtime. I think it is bedtime. <laughs> so We've tired. all been up late. It's like eleven forty-five. I mean, we it? also got up early, so like that's True. the problem. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> we tried to warn you. Take you a guys want. You guys want this. it to. You want to hear these big bad cases, right? Right. Okay. So take a deep breath. Go and thank you. And thank down. you, Ashley. Yeah. Yay.
that was fun. Exciting. Yes. Yeah, we'll have her on for another For, thing. like, her own episode, yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Hell Keep yeah. listening to see what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> we should end every oh, episode like that. <laughs> I don't know. We don't have. A, we just have. Bye. Bye. Well, we, we don't even have an intro. We don't people. have an Wait, intro. I said ghosts people? and ghouls one time, but that's that was so fun. generic. That was fun. Oh, you said goose and ghouls one time too. That was a typo, well, as Josh said. You can steal what I said and be like, "Keep listening to see what's coming." Bye. We all know I sing shit on a new episode. If you liked this episode in all of its grisly goo. Um, leave a review on Apple Podcasts because we are on there too. Need them. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening. Thank you guys. Bye. I'm sorry. Wow. (laughs) Bye.